We're going to do something a bit different this week on the Own Your Intuition show. I'm going to tell you a silly holiday story. So sit back, relax, get a cup of tea, and enjoy just this spot of goofiness. I am but a part of this. All I am is all I give. Everything that comes to me comes as sure as I will breathe. Do you crave clarity and insight? Do you sense that your intuition is trying to tell you important things, but you have a hard time trusting it? Do you want access to your own internal wisdom and to understand how it operates so that you can guide your life in ways that are meaningful and satisfying? Well then, welcome. I'm glad you are here. I'm your host, Amy Cartier. I've been a professional psychic since around 2007. I'm the author of the book, Getting Answers, Using Your Intuition to Discover Your Best Life. I've been teaching others to understand and use their own intuitive and empathic abilities for more than a decade. Join me each week for true stories and tools that will inspire you to take seriously your own inner knowing, that internal sense that you have uniquely tailored to you and designed to not only set you on the roads that are best for you, but also help you avoid the ones that are treacherous. It's time for you to own your intuition. As I mentioned in the beginning, we are going to do something a bit different today on this week's Own Your Intuition show. I'm going to tell you a silly holiday story for a couple of reasons. The first is, I feel the world could use some levity right now. I think tuning into the joy and goofiness and just inner lightness can absolutely be adding goodness to this time of worldly strife and grief. Joy And remembering it, feeling it, actively turning toward it is the counterweight to the heaviness of the world, a necessary component for wholeness. I could say more about that, but I think what I'm going to do is just leave it there for now. The second reason is that you may have heard me say that for me, the month of December is really about being mellow. It's about wintering, being quiet, tuning into my inner vision, knitting next to our Christmas tree and our wood stove. It's about being with this regenerative season in which The whole of nature shuts down, goes dormant, sleeps more, stays prone, remains silent and tucked in. I'll remind you, it's the quietness of this season that leads to the vibrant explosion of spring. And if you've ever stood under a blossoming cherry tree, 
there can be no doubt that the silence and stillness of winter is worthwhile and awesome. But before the vivaciousness of spring, the quiet exists and needs to be tended to. We have a hard time with that in our culture. It's a bit shocking to me sometimes how off we are and how detached from what all of our animal bodies are calling for, since for many, this is the busiest time of the year. In any case, I'm wintering right now, so episodes are sparse, but that's okay. You can tend to your own silence. I'll use this moment to encourage you to put more rest on your calendar. I read recently that we can need two more hours of sleep a day during this time of year. So that's worth considering. (laughs) But also laying around, like literally laying around, is a good thing. It is good for you. And it's especially complimentary this time of year when it matches the inner pull that the season and the earth are exerting on us. So I would encourage you to literally schedule in some rest into your calendar, into your schedule. In the same way that you might be putting holiday parties on the calendar, reserve time for laying on your couch with a book or laying in bed with a movie on or just staring off into space or watching the trees outside your window move. I'm totally serious. Consider this your personal invitation from me, not that you need one, but in case it is useful, to tend to the silence and slowness within yourself, to give yourself this gift. Be easy. You've got time. Winter continues (laughs) through the next months. And now for a story. Sometimes I call this story Little Fatty Christmas Tree or the Christmas tree that made a 40 plus year impression. It's funny how looking back on Christmas past, it's not the moments you think you would remember that make the most impact. Having a Christmas tree has always been one of my favorite traditions. I loved the lights. As a girl, I spent hours curled up on the couch under a blanket, enjoying the twinkling of the colored glow. Sometimes I would endeavor to sleep on the couch in the winter just so I could be next to its lights. But the one tree I remember most was not for the time spent by its side. It was for the short few moments of its astonishing exit. It was our family tradition to go to a local farm every year, pick our tree straight out of the wild, chop it down, and then bring it home. My mother remembers that year as the one she finally got the height just perfect 
but the width completely wrong. It's hard to judge the size of a tree when it's surrounded by even bigger trees growing in the wild, she told me years later. I was so proud of myself that year, she said, for finally figuring out the perhaps now obvious notion that I could choose the tree based on my own height. For once, we got a tree that she didn't have to saw the top off of to fit into our home. Unfortunately, though it wouldn't nick the ceiling, it also wouldn't fit through the front door. Little fatty tree, as we have now come to call it, was just short of six feet tall, but huge around the middle. When I stretched my arms out, my mom said, they didn't even go halfway around the tree. It must have been over 10 feet around. It wouldn't fit through the front door. So my mother came up with an alternative plan, pass the tree through the living room windows. I was about six years old at the time. I did not have enough Christmases under my belt to know that for most people, getting their tree into the living room didn't involve opening windows, taking screens off in the cold December air, and shoving the tree through the opening. I guess at the time, I just thought it was normal. My mother bought five extra sets of lights just to outfit the circumference. But it wasn't the illumination that made it so memorable. First of all, it stayed up forever. (laughs) I didn't know then, but that was because my mother was trying to figure out the best way to get it out of our house. Finally, she just wrapped it in old bedsheets and yanked it through the front door and down the hall of our apartment building. I was standing by the door watching when I noticed the trail. In its wake, the tree was leaving a veritable carpet of green needles. Mom, stop! It's trailing needles all over the hallway, I shouted to her. I know, she grunted back in an unhappy but knowing tone. It got worse the farther she went. What had been just a trickle through our living room was now turning into a flood as she moved forward. Loosened from their forceful exit through the three-foot-wide door, craving release from their too long stance in our Christmas tree stand, it seemed like every needle on Little Fatty had come loose. The sheets intended to keep in the needles offered no help. They just held the needles for a moment before pulling them out the back end to the floor. I remember my jaw actually dropped as I watched her pull the tree up the stairs and heard the rain of needles falling through the stair slats to the rug below. I stood there by our apartment door, mortified. I envisioned every person who entered into the apartment building saying, who made this mess? 
and then following it directly to our front door. It was like a plush green carpet heading straight to us. Probably the only family in the whole place who had kept their Christmas tree up so long past the Yuletide glow. Today, I have the utmost appreciation for that tree in particular. I find it funny that this is the one I remember most. But what I like best about this tree is how it just keeps on giving. Even all these years later, my mother and I can't stop laughing when we talk about that tree, when we recount the story and the details. We reminisce about shoving that tree through the windows with a giggle. By the time we get to the part of the story where I'm standing by the door and she's lugging the thing through the hallway, both of us are breathless with mirth. When she mentions that the tree actually wore holes in the sheets she had wrapped it in, I practically cry tears of hilarity. Sometimes she'll conclude with a sigh. It was a beautiful tree, though. But the truth is, it's not always the most beautiful moments you remember most or the most sweet and cozy experiences you've made. But in my eyes, if it still makes you laugh over 40 years later, then that was a tree worth having and definitely one fat success. I hope all of your holidays are cozy and spacious. I hope that if things go awry or are unsettled or weird or strange or puzzling, or you just don't know what to do with them, like my mother did not know what to do with that tree and getting it out of our house. I hope that as a little time goes by, or maybe even in the moment, they transform into something of such hilarity that it makes you laugh at the circumstances at the silly foibles of human existence, of just the absurdity of the time and place and experiences that we sometimes have. I hope that it brings you great joy. All my love, wishing you enjoyment of the wintering ahead. This is Aimee Cartier, and you have been listening to the Own Your Intuition Show. Thank you for being here. I love your presence. I love hearing from those of you who reach out and tell me how meaningful or satisfying or just helpful you find this show. It really makes the difference to me. So thank you for being here. All my love. See you next time. Oh
is all I give Everything that comes to me Comes as sure as I will breathe